0: it is such a a motivating thing on a daily basis to see people thriving, um, to see people coming from situations that a lot of us couldn't even imagine. And then to get them employed and seeing them put their lives back together has been really, really rewarding.
1: Welcome to the Business for Good Podcast, a show where we spotlight companies making money by making the world a better place. I'm your host, Paul Shapiro, and if you share a passion for using commerce to solve many of the world's most pressing problems, then this is the show for you. Welcome, friends, to the 46th episode of Business for Good. If you are like me, maybe you own a number of items from Goodwill, or at least you've donated items to them when you didn't want them anymore. But when you think about Goodwill, what comes to your mind? Well, if you're still like me, or at least me until recently, you probably think it's just a chain of thrift stores selling used goods. Turns out, not true. Spoiler alert. I don't want to upstage our guest, Lori deer but as you're about to hear from her, Goodwill is actually a nonprofit charity focused on helping the homeless and others experiencing hard times. And it just turns out that the charity happens to fund its good work for the less fortunate via a chain of used goods stores at which so many people, myself included, often shop. In other words, the public-facing stores you see all the time are just the revenue-generating engine for this charity to do its good deeds. Not only does Goodwill run a number of services for those in needs, such as job coaching and training to help people get back on their feet and back into the workforce, but it also uses its hiring practices in the stores themselves to employ many of these same folks. It's a fascinating business model, which you'll momentarily hear all about, but there's another benefit altogether to shopping at Goodwill, which is actually a major reason I also go there. Buying used just has a tiny fraction of the environmental footprint of buying new. It just takes a lot of resources—mined metals, felled forests, petrochemical plastics, and more—to produce all the stuff that we like to buy. Even if you try to be a conscientious consumer, for example, let's say by not buying animal products, let's keep it real. It's nearly always environmentally preferable to buy used. And shopping at Goodwill not only prevents new things from having to be made, it also keeps a lot of goods out of landfills too. And there is another benefit. I know I've had a lot of assumptions about whether you are like me or not, but stick with me here since you are f- if you are really like me and you have a dog who destroys toys within minutes, Goodwill has a stuffed animal section with each toy costing just 99 cents. Why feed your dog Hamiltons when you could be feeding them Washingtons for the same amount of pleasure on their part? If you have ever wondered what happens when you donate a bag of goods to Goodwill, or what happens if you want to get something back that you accidentally donated, which I shamefully confess in this episode to having done, much to the chagrin of my wife since it was her clothing that I accidentally donated, this episode will answer all of your questions. We are fortunate to have on this episode the Vice President of Operations for Goodwill in my geographic region, Lori Dearwester. After a career working in the for-profit retail sector, Lori's now in charge of logistics and operations for 34 Goodwill locations, devoting her career to giving a hand to those who need it the most. So enjoy learning more about the story of the brand that you've donated clothing to and shopped at yourself. And after the interview's over, go buy some toys for your dogs. I now bring you Goodwill Vice President, Lori Dearwester. Lori Deerwester, welcome to the Business for Good podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for getting my name right. Most You're, people say Deerwater.
1: Dearwater. It's not <laughs> even spelled Deerwater. It's spelled Wester. How could that possibly be? I
0: have no idea, but really, even at our wedding, we were pronounced Mr. and Mrs. Deerwater.
1: So. <laughs> you need to talk to the officiant of your wedding, Lori. Right, right. That, I I hope you got a discount after that error. Yeah. It seems pretty grievous. <laughs> uh, actually, um, uh, Tony, my wife, and I uh, recently attended a Zoom wedding of a pastor guest on Business for Good, Ryan Bethencourt, the CEO of Wild Earth, and they got uh, Zoom married and the officiant was not even there. There were like 200 people watching on Zoom, including us, uh, but the officiant was not even present. Uh, he was there uh, by Zoom, but not actually with them. Thankfully, the bride and the groom were together. They were actually uh, in the same room, but everyone else uh, was remote and it was a pretty cool experience to see, but they did get their name right.
0: Yeah, I've, I've noticed a lot of interesting things happening on Zoom lately. Um, I have been a uh, accompanied to some of that. We're doing Zoom meetings with my friends on Friday nights when we're not able to see, but it's actually... Uh been kind of fun because it's my friends that live out of state. So we're actually connecting more because of Zoom. Mm, so that's cool. been kind of fun.
1: Very nice. Yeah, we've been doing some fun games. Um, a friend of mine named Brian has been organizing some uh, categories games by Zoom for friends uh, who are not able to get together and most of whom live out of state and wouldn't have done this otherwise. So it is bringing us together. It's quite nice. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of things that bring us together, one of my wife, Tony's favorite things to do with me, hands down is to go to Goodwill. We go there often. But I had always thought it was just a store that sold used goods. I had no idea, one, that it was a charity, and two, that there was some purpose behind it beyond just selling used goods. I have since come to learn that that is not actually the case, that there is an entire purpose to it. So why don't you just tell us, like, what is the purpose of Goodwill? And let's get into what the business model is, Laurie.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people have that consumption, that that, that is it is just a retail store. Um, but it is really so much more than that. Um, our mission at Goodwill is to utilize Goodwill resources to... Uh, provide uh, people with disadvantages, um, the opportunity at self-sufficiency. So basically, we do that in a number of ways. The retail stores help support the mission and drive the mission. Uh, Without the revenue from the retail stores, we couldn't support the community the way that we do. Um, But we are actually comprised of multiple nonprofit organizations, our goodwill. Goodwill's uh, there's a parent parent company and then there's 157 autonomous organizations, community-based. So our territory, we go north out to Redding, down to uh, Davis, and then up into Northern Nevada.
1: So these are for people who aren't familiar. These are all parts of Northern California and part of Nevada. The That's na- right. The neighboring state. Yeah,
0: yeah. So our territory spans uh, pretty wide. It's a big it's a big territory. Um, so we're able to kind of take a look at the needs of the community in the territory that we're in and base our programs off of those needs.
1: So when you say help people who are suffering from disadvantages, do you mean that you're helping them by hiring them at the Goodwill stores or there's something else that's happening outside of the Goodwill stores altogether?
0: Well, hiring is a big part of what we do, offering people employment opportunities, giving people second chances. Sometimes people with backgrounds need an opportunity. Um, we take a look at all of those um, those individuals on a case by case and try and assess each situation and give people kind of a hand up. Um, But beyond employment opportunities, we do so much other things in the community. We have, uh, next move homeless services is a big, uh, entity that, that we manage as well as wind youth. Um, we have sojourn product, fresh or sojourn project, uh, fresher Sacramento. Um, it's just. Uh, a number of different nonprofits that we brought in, into our umbrella, approximately five years ago, we saw the needs in the community start to shift. And in that shift, we started noticing that there were a lot of homeless issues and, and there were some opportunities for nonprofits that were struggling in our communities. And so we stepped in to kind of give them a hand. And, and eventually we did take the those under our umbrella and we support those with the revenue from from the Goodwill retail locations.
1: So help me understand, when I buy something from a Goodwill store, the profit from that is going into these other services that are essentially helping homeless people get back on their feet and other types of charitable purposes?
0: That's correct. So 95% of our revenues go back into the community. We serve approximately 350,000 people per year, which is veterans, um, at-risk youth, uh, homeless People experiencing homelessness. Um, there's just a plethora of individuals that hmm. that need assistance in the community, and, and we try to to help with that. With those 350,000 people, there's over 900,000 services. Hmm. A lot of it is um, getting you know homeless people shelter, um, finding people to self-sustain or finding them ways to self-sustain. Help with uh, uh, mental illness counseling. There's just all kinds of things that we try to do to uh, outreach in the community.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So, how much revenue is each one of these stores, on average, bringing in, Lori?
0: Well, each store is different. They all are different sizes, of course. But um, we we bring in approximately, I would say, about ninety million a year in revenue um, through. And, and when
1: you say we, you mean the the section of Goodwill, the geographic section that you were referring to earlier? With, yeah, that's a approximately 34 retail locations. Okay, so 90 million in revenue from 34 western region locations. Right. Oh, right. well, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Do you do you know like what how much of that revenue is margin that you guys are making?
0: Um, I don't know the margin percentages, um, mm-hmm. but I do. Yeah, 95% of that does go back into the community, so that does present some challenges. You know, at the time when COVID is shutting down and and we're not producing that revenue, we're trying to really keep those nonprofits going.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but luckily, you know, we're starting to be able to repopulate the stores and kind of get some things going.
1: But yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk more about how the pandemic has impacted you, but first, I just want to understand like how the process works. So just walk me through it, Lori. Let's say that I don't want this. Bad bag of clothing that I have anymore. I bring it to Goodwill. I donate it. I walk away. What happens next?
0: Yeah. So each team has a, um, a trained processing team, each store, and those individuals assess the merchandise. They take a look at it for quality. Um, if it meets quality standards, quality is really important to both us and to our, 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 uh, customers. So we make sure that it, it makes that cut. And then it goes onto the sales floor and, and then we sell it. If it doesn't go onto the sales floor, we have a couple of different processes for it. We try to keep things out of the landfill as much as possible. Um, so we we have what's called an outlet location where we can kind of push some merchandise through that doesn't sell through the retail stores. But then we also try to recycle
1: and then we sell to outside salvage vendors. So at the outlet, that is, remind me, where you can pay for the goods by the pound. That is correct. Wow. Yeah. And so what? once
0: things go through the retail store, um, they get pulled from there, and then they they flow into the outlet locations mm-hmm. as kind of a last chance. Um, and we sell those things by the pound.
1: And is it a no matter what the good is, the pound price is the same?
0: No, it varies. Um, it, it varies actually quite a bit based off of what it is, mm-hmm. um, because you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to pay for a vase the same as you would pay for a shirt. Mm -hmm. So uh, clothing is a little different, but it is very good value once you get to the, the, the salvage
1: outlet. So let's break it down then. So that bag that I donated, you said that a portion of it will make it to the floor in a regular Goodwill store. Like about what percentage of my bag do you think? Uh, You know, my stuff may be lower quality than normal, but let's just say the average bag comes in and you are going to go through it. What percentage do you think makes it onto the store floor?
0: I think it would be about 65% of the goods. That's pretty high.
1: Yeah. Okay. So 65%, 45% is going to go either to the outlet where it's sold by the pound or it's going to be shipped maybe to other countries?
0: Uh, generally, the stuff that doesn't make the cut in the retail stores won't also make it into the outlets because mm. that will come from the retail store to the outlet. But it will go into- You mean things that
1: didn't sell in the retail
0: store? That's right. Okay. That stuff will go into the outlet. Um, the stuff that doesn't make the cut then goes to the warehouses where we try to um, bail it for salvage vendors that go out of, out of country. Hmm. Um, and then we look at other ways to to recycle as well. And
1: and so if you those are going to other countries, like in in other parts of the world, and then people are using it for materials or for clothing or what?
0: I think it's um, both. I think it does get recycled. Some of it ends up in mattresses, and and some of it ends up as clothing in other countries. I know a lot of it goes over to India. Some of it goes to Africa. Hmm. Um, And I do think that some of those uh, buyers also Uh, recycle it here within the United States as well.
1: Hmm. And how much then do you think goes to landfills?
0: Um, I don't know how much goes to the landfill. I know that we um, as as our territory, keep about 34 34 million pounds of of waste out of the landfill, Mm -hmm. and then an additional 4 million of electronic waste out of the landfill. Yeah,
1: really cool. That's great. So, um, Laura, you and I have a mutual friend and my current colleague and your former colleague, Donnie Kirkendall, who used to work at the same Goodwill as the VP of operations there. That's right. And uh, I, when talking with her about Goodwill, made the error of telling her that I believed that their competition was Salvation Army. And right. she mm-hmm. took umbrage at this and said, no, that's not true. Really, Marshall's is more of our competition rather than Salvation Army, which was surprising to me because Marshall's sells new clothing and Salvation Army sells used clothing. So tell me about this. Why is that offensive to her? Uh, and do you think that she's right?
0: Um, I do think that she's right, actually. <laughs> so um, we I think our, our competitors would be more of the Marshall's, the Ross, the TJ Maxx. Um, the reason for that is that we have put a lot of effort into the design of our stores over the last, I'd say, you know, five years or so. And if you walk into a Goodwill now, it resembles more of a Ross or a Marshalls uh, Mm. type of feeling um, versus a thrift store type of feeling. So I I think that she is correct there. Those are the competitors that we look to when we're we're looking at retail. Um, But as far as competition goes, um, you know, the the retail aspect is definitely um, a competitive market. Um, but when it comes to the the other things that Goodwill does, we're more of a community partner. Right.
1: So So uh, tell me, I mean, I, I know as little about Salvation Army as I did about Goodwill prior to knowing that it was anything other than a store. So how do they differ? Like, if, what is the model of Salvation Army? Are they a charity also? Are they are they a, a, a for profit?
0: No, I, they are a charity as mm-hmm. well. Um, I don't know that much about them. Okay. Obviously, I, I, honestly, well. Cut that out. <laughs> I don't know a lot about uh, Salvation Army. Um, I do know that they are a charity, Um, they just operate a little bit different than we do. And yeah. sometimes we touch base on on things, but but mostly we're um, pretty independent of
1: mm-hmm. each other. Okay. Um, so one of the reasons why I like going to Goodwill is not only because you find good stuff for very little money, although that is a a major factor for me, but it's also because of the environmental benefit of not having to buy anything new, right? Because it takes a lot of resources to make products Uh, for anything, whether that's in the vehicle market or whether in the clothing market or whatever, that buying used is almost always environmentally more sustainable than buying new. And so tell me about that in terms of, obviously, you all are doing good in terms of helping those who are disadvantaged, but there's an environmental benefit to Goodwill's mission too, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, It is our goal to keep things out of the landfill, and we're continually looking at ways to do that. Um, we, we try very hard to get the most use out of all of the product before it ends up in the landfill. And unfortunately, sometimes we can't prevent it. If something has holes or stains or is mildewy or something like that, it, it has to go there. So um, we try to separate everything we can once it comes back to the warehouse, all the metals, all the electronics. One of our big challenges right now is household hazardous waste. That is one of the most expensive things for us to kind of manage and deal with. And I think a lot of people when they think of household hazardous waste are thinking like, you know, big chemicals, pool chemicals, paint, those types of things, which we do receive some, um, even though we don't ask people to bring those. Hmm. But we um, things like makeup. You know, people don't think about that when they donate a, a bottle of lotion or a perfume or makeup that's considered, it can be considered household hazardous waste if the labels are broken or if it's leaking. And and that is uh, probably almost a million dollar cost to us on an annual basis to manage the household hazardous waste. Mm. And so that has been um, a significant challenge in trying to figure Figure that process out and to educate our donors.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know it's funny that not, I guess it's not funny, but it's interesting that you say this because I was you're talking about a benefit that I had not contemplated environmentally, keeping things out of landfills and dealing with hazardous waste and so on. Um, and I think I think that's of course very important. And for me, what I was thinking about is just you know it takes a lot to grow cotton and to mine metals and all the things that we do. Like you know we just think about a car, how many resources it takes to produce a car. Yes. Um, and if you buy a used Car, you're just doing something that's way better for for the environment than buying a new car. And even if it's a you know a, a hybrid or an electric car, new, it's just still better to buy used. And uh, that's how I feel about my clothing too. And uh, you, um, just before we started recording, got to meet our dog Eddie. And he, you know, is a, uh, he is a beast when it comes to toys. I mean, He's is this, very cute. He is very cute, but he, his name is Eddie. We would call him Edward Scissors Teeth because he just will destroy any toy you give him in a matter of minutes. And this presents a real challenge because it's, you know, if you want to give him toys, you know, you go to uh, PetSmart or other type of store, like for pet supplies, these toys are five to 15 bucks, depending on what you're getting. So what we do is we go to Goodwill. And we buy bags of these stuffed animals that are 99 cents each. Perfect. And so not only do okay. I feel better because we're not uh, feeding him five or $10 bills essentially, uh, but it's also a big environmental benefit that we're not creating all of these new toys for him. And we let him chew them up. And if uh, if you follow Eddie on Instagram, he's at Eddie the Pity on Instagram, you can see that we promote Goodwill on there regularly with his hauls and we'll go to Goodwill and just get a shopping cart and fill it with maybe 15 big stuffed animals to bring home for him.
0: That is amazing because we have an endless supply of stuffed animals. So if other people would like to do that as well, we would appreciate that
1: very much. (laughs) I hope that we start a trend here. In fact, once we started doing that, I did get other people on uh, Instagram messaging us saying, oh, I'm going to start going to Goodwill for my dog's toys too. I love that. um, And and I've even purchased toys as gifts for other people's dogs from there. It's just for the 99 cents, you just can't go wrong. Some of them still have their tags on them. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. And it is, I mean, it is an e- a benefit to to purchase used goods. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, like you can go into a Goodwill and find some really, really great, like gently used items that mm. you wouldn't, people don't know that, you know, it's used when you, when you buy it, it's really great stuff.
1: Yes, for sure. And I made a very grievous error several months ago uh, relating to Goodwill, Lori, that would have led to some really nice clothing being there, which is to say that um, Tony gave me, uh, she put some bags, trash bags in the car with clothing and said, please donate these to Goodwill on, on your way to work. I said, sure, no problem. Well, I made the error. I didn't realize it, but one of the bags that was in the car are, or it was not intended for goodwill. And I don't know how I did this, but I just dropped them all off.
0: You're not alone.
1: And uh, of course, in the bag, it wasn't just clothing that she wanted. It was actually some pretty valuable clothing. And this led to uh, extraordinary distress, I should say, yes. and, uh, and and tension on on the marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went back about an hour later uh, upon figuring out what had happened at the donation center. And they were very kind. They were very kind. They let me uh, you know, really go through and look at some of the stuff, but it, it was no longer just in a bag. I mean, they had already—they're very efficient. They had already started Processed distributing it, yeah. it, it throughout. <laughs> And uh, they let Tony come in, and they identified it all. And and it, uh, you know, we we had our our friend Donnie, Even we had an insider make a phone call for us. That's great. Yeah. So we we did uh, we did get it all back. Tony says that she thinks like ninety percent of it was recovered. I, I think it was a hundred. It's a little yeah. self-serving for me to say that, but I do think it was a hundred. That's but still, really great. So it, that you're saying that's frequent, though, that it people make frequent. that that very stupid error that I made.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> call it stupid. It's just a mistake. So we um we are. We get that all the time. I'm actually dealing with a gentleman right now who um, is in distress because he accidentally donated his tools, Mm. Um, but unfortunately, that was in February, and we've been receiving a huge amount of donations um, during the COVID shutdowns. Mm -hmm.
1: And and just for purposes of future listeners, uh, this is being recorded at the very end of June 2020. So this is now four months later that this gentleman is seeking to reclaim his stuff.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm trying very hard to to look for it, but um, we have warehouses full of merchandise right now so
1: yeah, well, is, yeah. i mean it's great but yeah you would hope that it would get sold long before then anyway right
0: well we are just now starting to reopen so uh, okay. it, it's
1: probably there somewhere well let's talk <laughs> about how the pandemic has impacted you all because you all are, are retail do you is there an online component to goodwill
0: we do we have shop goodwill okay. uh which generally uh is our higher value items that come into donations okay um, we that, have that's
1: shopgoodwill.com, I presume. Yes,
0: shopgoodwill.com. Okay. Um, we have all kinds of things that come through there, but, um, you know, autographed baseballs or um, paintings or they're just electronics. There's all kinds of stuff that comes through that we're able to sell online. Hmm. Um, and then we are looking at expanding
1: that model as well. Hmm. So... Uh, This is some, this raises an issue about like sanitary conditions, right? Because you go everywhere, they're sterilizing everything. And in the case of Goodwill, um, I presume that when somebody donates clothing, you're not sitting there washing it first, right? Right. Like what happened? Like it goes right onto the shelf whether they washed it or not, right?
0: It does, yes. So what we've been doing is actually quarantining donations for a period of time before we put them into production. So we're using our older donations first Hmm. um, so that by the time we get to the newer ones, we're able to to safely say that they've been quarantined.
1: So what is, how does that impact it? Because the virus, if it's sitting on the fabric, will will die within a 14-day period? Like, how does that work?
0: Well, the way that CDC is saying it now, they, they're starting to think that it doesn't spread as easily, you know, through contact on surfaces and especially not through clothing. Hmm. Um, but... For the safety of our employees and then also for our our customers, we want to make sure that we're taking all the precautions that we can. It's caused us to um, increase labor in different areas that we didn't think that we would have to, but um, all of our processes are changed right now.
1: Hmm. Uh, If Independent of the pandemic, let's say you go back to February, would you recommend that when people buy clothing from Goodwill that they wash it before wearing it?
0: Sure, yeah.
1: And so now would you say the same thing or are there other measures that you think that people ought to take?
0: No, I think that, you know, it's always good practice to to wash your clothes. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're really going on a limb there. It's always good practice to wash your clothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the big controversial statement. Yeah. So, uh Okay. I know, Laurie, that you know, this is not your first run in the retail world that you were working at Sears prior to uh, working at Goodwill. So for you, coming from a for-profit retail going into the nonprofit retail world, what's been the biggest difference for you?
0: You know, I spent oh, over 20 years um on the for for profit side for Sears holding. A majority of my time was spent with Kmart. Um, and anybody that watches the, any of the news or the stock market knows that that's a struggling company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I kind of came over to Goodwill just on a fluke because of that, we were starting to lose stores and, and. Positions were starting to shrink, and so I knew that there was a time that I needed to to go out and experience something new. So, I came over to Goodwill um, because it was an open position, and and once I got there, you know, I really it really opened my eyes to the nonprofit world, and I've been there now over seven years, and I absolutely love it. Um, it is such a a motivating thing on a daily basis to see people thriving, um, to see people coming from situations that a lot of us couldn't even imagine. And then to get them employed and seeing them put their lives back together, has been really, really rewarding.
1: I can imagine. So, um, there is a, uh, a gentleman who I know from the dog park, he doesn't have a dog, but he uh, lives in his truck at the dog park and he loves dogs. And so he hangs out there and he volunteers to clean the park and is very, very nice of him, but he's a, a huge fan of Eddie's and Eddie loves playing with him. And, um, Doni and I have offered, he does construction. And so Doni and I have offered to uh, give him some construction work, but I have thought about asking him, you know, if you contemplated going to Goodwill yeah. and seeing like, so if he did, if this this gentleman were to come to you and say, hey, I'm looking for help, what would you offer him?
0: Well it just depends on what we have open but we do continually have positions open and mm-hmm. and we do have people that are experiencing homelessness that that come to us a lot of times we don't know it until after they're employed and we find out um but uh sometimes we do know but we're just trying to help them the 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 good benefit is is that not only are we the retailer that employs people but we also have these other sets of services that we can try and help um not only the community but our employees, you know, our family. So we, we use those uh, to kind of help benefit them as well.
1: And so how often does that happen that the beneficiaries of Goodwill's services are are not just people who come to seek assistance, but also people who are actually employed by Goodwill?
0: Um, I think on the the services side of it, um, it's not a huge percent. A majority of the services provided to them would be the employment and mm-hmm. their in their growth there. But if they did reach out and have some issues, we would refer them over to them. But a majority of the services we provide are for just the general community.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting to learn about the model of Goodwill. And it reminds me of what um, John Mackey said, who is the uh, CEO and co-founder of Whole Foods and a former guest on this show. And he said, you know, if you look at a business, many people will say, oh, the purpose of the business is to make money. But that's not really the purpose. It would be like saying, that the purpose of your body is to make red blood cells because, you know, your body, if you don't make red blood cells, you're going to die. But that's not the purpose of your body. You have to do it. You have to make money in order for the business to survive. But your body's purpose is whatever you deem it to be, just like your business's purpose is whatever you deem it to be. And so, you know, Google's purpose is to uh, organize all the information in the world and make it available to everybody. Amazon has this purpose to try to be the most consumer-friendly company on the planet. Um, And Goodwill has a purpose, whether as a nonprofit or even if it were a for-profit, to use all of its resources that it can to actually help those who are in need. So let me ask you, Lori. Like, how important is it that Goodwill be a nonprofit? Like, if it were a for-profit, could it still do the types of services that it does?
0: I think it's extremely important that we're a nonprofit. Um, you know, with the ninety-five percent of the revenues going back into the community, um, we we definitely need uh, that to sustain the the additional nonprofits, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a for-profit, you're also able to do a lot of good. But for us and our business model, I think the nonprofit is, is essential. Um, you know, we are really, really trying to get the best value out of the goods and be good stewards of the donations that the community provides. Um, I think a lot of people do understand the the extra work that we do. And then there is a, a fairly significant amount of of public that that doesn't know about the additional nonprofits and that the money that they're spending in the stores is actually supporting so much more in their community.
1: I certainly had no idea, and I imagine that many people listening to this won't either uh, until now. So thank you, Lori. Thank you. So uh, tell me, Laurie, you know, you have um, done a lot in your life and you're now running a a large expanse of Goodwill's operations here in the country and and overseeing the operations of $90 million in revenue coming in. If there are people who look at you and think, I really admire what she's doing, are there any resources that you would offer, whether it be books or anything else that you think would be useful for them uh, to check out that have been useful or inspirational for you? Uh, for
0: me, so I, I tend to lean more towards leadership driven type books. I think in order to be successful, you'll have to be a good leader and, and get your team motivated and, and on board with you. So I, uh, am always trying to grow my leadership skills. Uh, one of my favorite books is by Kim Scott called Radical Candor. Um, so that is one
1: that, that I've really enjoyed. What did you like so much about Radical Candor?
0: Um, it, it explains kind of the relationships that you really need to build with people in order to have that relationship where you can have the Radical Candor with the individuals. Um, and, and it's really, you know, more about building relationships with your team versus just your team being a person mm-hmm. at work, you know, and, and really making that connection and knowing what drives them and, and how to communicate with them and, and keep them motivated.
1: Cool. That's great. So I I noticed that you've used um, the term team and you've used the term family. And sometimes people uh, differentiate between these in the business world because, uh, you know, your family, um, you campfire, right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you're there with you no matter what, whereas a team, it's like, you know, you're all on the same team and, but you have to perform to continue being on there. So which do you think it is more like, do you think it's more like a family or more like a team?
0: We're absolutely a family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we
0: always, um, refer to each other as family Mm -hmm. in emails in, in, uh, just conversation. Goodwill is, is definitely family.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So, uh, finally, Laurie, there are lots of different ways that you can go in your life um, and lots of different businesses that people could pursue or nonprofit opportunities that people could pursue. Or is there anything out there that you wish somebody else would do that you, to your knowledge, no one else is doing right now? Um,
0: I think that, um, you know, we've seen the, the cycle of goods um, the way that I see it. I think there is still a lot of opportunity for growth there. Um, we have, uh, a lot of glass that kind of comes through and i know that glass is valuable if somebody could come up with a way and come see me mm-hmm. <laughs> on how to redistribute that glass and and um kind of get that going through the system versus um out into the landfill that would be phenomenal i know it's it's a, a valuable uh a commodity and it's it's really you know beautiful yeah. so it, you know there's a lot of Really neat things that can be done with that. And then really any business that can uh, build off of used goods would be beneficial.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, you just think about everything that humanity has created so far. Surely there must be enough, I right? Mean, right. Uh, I mean, we've created so much. I mean, it's just mountains and mountains and mountains of consumer goods. And like, how much more do we really need?
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's
1: a past guest on the show, Tom Zaki from TerraCycle, which is a company that takes uh, things that most people say can't be recycled and finds ways to do it. And so, like baby car seats and other right. things that you know, there's really you can't just stick it in the recycling bin, for example. Uh, and they've and they've built a, a profitable business model. Where tens of millions of dollars a year um, in revenue to uh, take these so-called unrecyclables and actually recycle them i don't know if they do anything with glass i'm not really sure but um that sounds like there's a ton of glass going to windfills, good opportunity there
0: yeah I'll check them out. Thank you.
1: Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, Lori, thanks so much for sharing the Goodwill story. And I hope that it will encourage people to go and buy used more often than buying new and to go uh, support Goodwill and, and support somebody who needs a lot more help than the rest of us.
0: I hope so, too. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you found use in this episode. If so, don't keep it to yourself. Please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we hope you will be in the business of doing good.